Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Junk Drawer Podcast. And we're back. Junk Drawer Podcast, episode three of 2024. Uh, as I said, this year, goal is 52 episodes, one episode a week. Um, this week I have special guest back on Quincy, uh, for another, what do we, what do we call it? Round table discussion with Quincy Davidson. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, this should be fun. This one, uh, when, uh, me and my wife were on our way to Pennsylvania a little while ago, uh, she did one of those, whatever things you do Q and A's while you're traveling or whatever. I don't know what they're called. Um, and one of the questions that somebody asked her was what the best and worst advice. I think it was just worst advice ever given. And I thought, well, that, that actually might be a fun one to do with Quincy sometime. Um, what the best and worst advice. And I, and I added best and worst advice. So that way, you know, you kind of get both sides, you know, you don't get the, just the negative. Oh, what's the worst advice you've ever been given in your lifetime? Um, and also it's kind of hard to nail down one thing because right. a lot of times, uh, you don't realize something was bad advice until, uh, later on, all of a sudden it's like, well, that was stupid advice. Somebody, some idiot gave me. Um, but I thought it'd be fun just to, on the things that we can remember. You, it's not always, you can't always remember all those things like I just said, but, um, things we can remember kind of the best and worst advice. And, uh, I guess we'll get the negative out of the way first. So what's the worst advice Quincy that you've ever been given? Put your head on the hot seat. First thing, right off the bat, boom, there you go. Yes, so many things to choose from. No, um, I don't know. I would probably say, I have thought about this question before. The best one, I haven't really thought as much, but the worst one, probably just wait on it. I feel like that's a really popular expression or a bit of advice that gets passed around. Like, And I feel like for me, it leads just to passivity. You know, People are like, I just wait <laughs> on it. You know, If it's meant to be, it'll be. If Whatever it is, whether it's a job or a girl or just anything in your future, just wait on it. You're like, well, maybe not. Maybe you should do something. You know, right? You know, it's it's not it's not wrong to be a little proactive in life, right? Because um, yeah, you hear that all the time. I think especially in like Christian circles, and I understand like what people are trying to say, like what mm-hmm. they mean by it. I, I understand that you know a lot of times we try to hotwire stuff. And like make right. and might make it happen, force it to happen. So I understand what people are saying with that. But at the same time, it's like then you fall into like the Calvinistic worldview of, well, you know, it's all preordained and I'm just a little yeah, if slug. If it's gonna happen. Right. I'm just a little slug here happen. and you know, my I can't do anything about it. So I'm just gonna go along with the flow and see what happens. And you know, if if what I really, really want uh is is good for me, then it'll it'll just magically happen it's like well no god made us beings with thoughts brains and the ability to do things so maybe god expects us to take a little step you know take a little right. leap of faith right right but i don't know if you want to elaborate anymore i got some more thoughts before um but this was yours so i don't want to be the only one talking uh on- <laughs> no yeah i i yeah just so many things just yeah, if you just sit by and you just wait on it, you know, it might not happen. And then if you just think, well, if 
you know, saying if it's not, if it doesn't happen, it's not supposed to happen, but then you don't do anything, then nothing's ever quote unquote supposed to right. happen right? because you didn't do anything. Right. And yeah, it just leads to determinism, I think. And right. It's not a good place to be living in. Right. I think it's a big part too of our, our grown, I think especially for guys, um, I think a large part of God creating guys to be leaders is guys, I mean, most guys I know, there's some, you know, more, uh, I don't want to be mean here, but more laid back sissy guys that, you know, that's all, that's, that's more their mindset of just ride, ride the waves and don't do anything in life. And woe is me. I'm just always going to be this way where God, I think created men as leaders I think that you can go way too far on the other side. Then you get the Andrew Tates who are like total, you kind of like, um, what, what color what is it, your Bugatti? Yeah. What do they, what do they call them? Red pill or whatever? Red pill guys. Yeah, like that, so. that overly alpha male. Cause obviously there's different personalities. Some people are just more laid back. Um, so I don't mean anything in that realm. I just mean in the realm of God giving men the role of leadership is it's good for young men to take the step of pursuing things uh, you know, work, you know, even buying car. I remember like figuring all that out, navigating all that and dad helping me, but then I still had to like make the decisions and you know, yeah. And, and like you said, obviously you're, you're not at this stage yet, but even me having to make the decision to go talk to uh, my father-in-law and, and doing that and all, all the different pieces that go into that. Um, I think it's extremely important for young men to be the one initiating that with, um, with the father-in-law, the future father-in-law, because to me, if I had a girl and the guy didn't have the guts to come talk to me, I, I would really question whether or not he's going to be a good leader for my daughter. I know that there's a lot of different things that can play into that. But for me, that was a big part of me taking a step of leadership to go talk to him. And then, you know, life career choices, you know, taking those steps of growth to make decisions that aren't always easy um, and then learning from mistakes. And I think that just allowing things to play out passively, you know, sitting back and not doing anything um, when there is something to be done, uh, I think that that's a, a huge part of growth. Now, obviously, there are times when, okay, there is a time of waiting. There's a time of, okay, let's let's let this play out and see see what happens here. We've done all we can do. And I think that's the key. We've done all we can do. Now it's the time to sit back and wait. Not, oh, right. you know, you, you have that thought. Well, just sit on it and see what happens. Sleep on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sleep on that. You know what I mean? I think that's the dif- the difference. Right. Um, I mean, the Bible does say to wait on the Lord. So there are times where, yeah, you do need to like wait for his leadership and be praying about things. But one thing that was super helpful that I heard in a sermon uh, a good while back that was kind of counter to this was um, the expression, God can't steer a parked car. And so just get your car in gear and drive, you know, and don't be foolish. Don't just rely on your flesh and your own wisdom alone, but he has given you wisdom. He has given you intellect. So use those things to the best of your ability and then always be seeking him. And, you know, he's going to guide you. Right. And he's probably not going to guide you to just sit on your hands and wait it all out. (laughs) No, absolutely. I totally agree. Um, I guess we'll move into, I think we kind of cover that pretty well. Um, (laughs) What about you? Man, I'm having a hard time because I don't know if I should give the one that I have because I don't want to step on toes here too much. Well, you know what? It's the Drunk Drug Podcast. Everything goes. so. Um, and, and this is the exact same one I did back when we were asked the question. And and we've actually talked about this before. We did a whole podcast episode where we talked about this. And um, 
for me it was the I, I kind of stated in a certain way. I think it, it's broader than the way I stated. I stated that not that I was told when I was growing up. You know, every summer you'd have tour groups come to your church that were from colleges and. You know, everybody would always say, go to Bible college, go to Bible college, go to Bible college, or even just then put it inside the secular realm. And this is where I think that it really boils down. Um, Because I think a lot of people think of it only in the Christian realm. But no, I think this is very, very practical in the secular realm and probably even more practical in the secular realm um, is that every young person should go to college. Um, Me and my wife were just talking about again the other day. And you look at these people, they, they get out of high school the very first thing that they're doing is, you know, oh, what college am I going to go to and what's my career? Um, and whether it be, you know, everything from the medical field for doctor, nurse, all that, like there's there's both lots of things there for both guys and girls. Um, and then there's engineering, there's, there's a whole um, science, you know, I, I don't know, I don't even know all the realms. There, there's so many different things that you can go to college for. And you, you think about it and... Okay, these kids are getting out of high school and they're going to a college. And I mean, I think the average college is like 20 plus grand a year. Yeesh, yeah. And, yeah, and, it, and, a, and a lot are more than that. Like you think of like right. the high, high end Ivy League or all, like all these different colleges. Yeah, you're like and six figures, man. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you're, you're literally setting up a young person to leave high school and then they're going to have all that debt. Um, a lot of times parents are involved with finances. It's like, okay, and then you're strapping parents who shouldn't be. Um, my opinion, the parent, it shouldn't be on parents to pay that bill. My parents didn't pay my school bill. Um, and I think that that's really poor advice. Uh, there are so many options out there. Uh, community college a lot of times is frowned upon. However, there are a lot of really, really good benefits to just going to a local community college, getting a basic degree in, you know, whatever, you know, they offer so many different things, um, or just go and be an apprentice. Now, I think that there are specialty roles like you, like you wanted to go to college because you wanted music training and you wanted pastoral training. Boom. There's your specialty that you, you needed that training. So there, obviously there's a place for it, but the, the wide sweeping, um, recommendation that every young person should go to college and then the amount of debt that's accumulated there. And then you think of a lot of young people, you know, what do they find when they're in college? They find a spouse. So then they get married fresh out of college or in college. It's a lot of debt. And that's a lot of debt that they're exactly. That's exactly the phrase I said to Nicole. They're starting behind the eight ball. Um, And I I just don't think that that, that uh, that applies across the board. I know we did a whole episode on it, so I I don't really want to beat the dead horse. Um, but that, that's kind of the worst advice I, I've ever heard given. <laughs> like, it's like, that's terrible advice. I know a lot of young guys that they are very, very skilled with their hands in doing things that they could go and work for a local construction company or a local whatever you name it. And they can learn hands-on from literally the professional in the field and probably get way better training than they could ever get in a college. But yet, no, man, now I got to go. I got to go to school and get debt. I, I haven't worked a day in my life in the real world. And that's another huge thing that, you know, a lot of young people don't have any life experience. And I, maybe I'm thinking more in the Christian realm, but just because they've been more sheltered. <laughs> and I don't mean that as a bad thing. I think it can be a very positive thing, but they don't have a lot of life experience. And then they go off to go off to a college to get 
four years of greenhouse. And, and then they're thrown out into the world to the sharks and then they fall flat on their face spiritually. And it's like, yeah, because we didn't set people up for, for success. And you literally set somebody up for failure because you didn't give them the tools to succeed in life. And, and then they struggle. And it's like, well, why is that person struggling? It's like, well, because they're, you know, they weren't prepared. And I think that Correct. there's, a, I think there's a lot to be said. I, I know it can go both ways I, and I'm not trying to, con, I'm not at all trying to speak negatively of college either. Like, I, I hope that's not the way it sounds because that's not how, what I mean. I think that it can just, it's not a one size fits all. I think that's the biggest thing. It's not a one size fits all and different personalities do different well with different things. I look at my brothers, uh, Tim, Aiden, and Titus, they all they've never gone on to college. However, they're doing uh, the Bible Institute through the church. So they're getting great training. Um, that's professional level. That's, you know, they, they have, to, you know, it's actually like a, a school. You, you get a, you get a, um, like you have to take tests and all that. So it's not just like, oh, they're taking these courses and it's like some, you know, back closet deal. No, it's a, it's a legit training course that, okay, they're getting high level training. But then what are they doing? They're all of them are working in different fields. Aiden has his CDL. He's like 19. It's like, I, wow. I never even would have thought of that of Aiden. Um, Tim can, Tim just bought a house and is going to be renovating a house and building um, and renting it out and doing all that. I, I can't do that. And at their, at their age, well, at Tim's age, I was working. Um, but at Aiden's age, I wasn't as far along as that. Develop- and it's like, okay, they're literally being set up for success right out of high school. And to me, you can't place a value on that. And that's where I think I see it um, practically lived out. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think um, I was just thinking as you were speaking how much of this I said last time, what might be new thoughts or don't want to rehash everything. But I think there's two reasons that people feel forced to go to college. Probably one is social pressure, both on the front end, it's the thing to do. But then also on the back end, like once you graduate, you have that degree, even if you didn't learn a thing, you try to go into the workforce and you have that degree, people look more favorably upon you. You don't, a lot of times it's harder. Um, And secondly, because um, of purposelessness and it's just sure, yeah. like, I don't know what I want to do, but this is kind of the social norm. So right. here I go, I'm going to spend, you know, a lot of money or go deep into debt just so I can hang out and party. And that's why I think a lot of that the party exists say, yeah. because they're there just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just going, you know, it's where my parents want me to go or it's just the next thing on the list. Right. Like you hear a lot of times from people and it's like, Oh yeah, man, I, back in the good old days when I was in school and we did this and did that. And it's like, well, weren't you going to school? And like you always hear older people like, Oh man, enjoy this time in your life. Go, go have fun, go party. And it's like, ah, man, I just, I, it's not, that's, <laughs> that's not all they do. What, now, man. Yeah, no. It, and I mean, I do think there's a lot of good, like, like I said, I'm not throwing the baby out the bathwater because there are specialty fields where I am stinking glad that those people went to college and learned how to do that. But I think the vast nor vast, um, the, the vast, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Numbers. Of pe- yeah. The vast majority of people, um, that are doing that aren't like you hear people all the time. What'd you go to college for? Oh, engineering. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm selling tires. It's like, <laughs> why aren't you using what you went to college for? Or, well, I don't know. Or like, like interpretive art and the right. literature of 17th century. Oh yeah, no, and then you, yeah, well, then you then you get into all the garbage that's taught nowadays, and I think that okay, was what okay. we've more focused on in in a different episode. Okay, um, okay. But yeah, anyway, so that that's I think that's good there. We'll we'll leave it right there. 
let people come to their own thoughts and conclusions on that. <laughs> um, all right. Worst. Ad, uh, that was worst. Uh, best advice. What's, what's your best advice that you've ever been given or just oh, that you can think of? I can go first. If yeah. You want. Um, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. One of the, one of the best pieces of advice I was ever given. And I actually think it was grandpa Makuso that said it. And it's like, it was something along the lines of, I'm not going to get it word for word, obviously, but it was something along the lines of just slow down and enjoy life where you are. Um, and he said, I'm pretty sure it was him. And he said how people all the time are just trying to get to that next thing. They're trying to get to that next plateau, the next achievement, but just slow down and enjoy life where you are with your family. And I think one of the reasons why it's hitting home even more now, and you hear all the time, like people will say like, Oh, enjoy, enjoy your family. Enjoy your kids while they're young. Enjoy your kids while you're young. And it's like, now that I have a son and he's literally going to be one in a month and a half, it's like, uh, I can't even believe that year has gone by as fast as it has. And it, it's very surreal. Once you kind of get to that point of slowing down, enjoying life where you are, where God has you and doing all you can to invest and absorb what's going on. Um, and just that danger that comes where you're always looking for the next high plateau life moment. And this isn't at all to say like what we already talked about. This is, this is a different realm altogether. This is enjoying where God has you right now, investing in those where you are right now, enjoying your family, enjoying work, enjoying life where God has you. And I think that's important. And I think that that plays into even the worst advice that you had said. One of the reasons why people just stagnate is because they're not actually enjoying where God has them right now. Because as you enjoy where God has you and as you fulfill life goals with those that you love, God's going to keep moving you forward. It's weird how that is. Mm. By enjoying what God has given you right now, God gives you more. It's it's yeah, weird, true. you know what I mean? I, I, I don't like even know, I don't know that, how do you I don't even know how to explain it other than that. I think a lot of people that would subscribe to just wait on it are also people that are always like you're saying longing to be somewhere else. And so you're like, okay, right, I really don't exactly. want to be here. I want to be somewhere else, but exactly. I'm just going to wait. Like hold on. It, it, and you're exactly right. They get stuck there then. They're doing the opposite of what they should be because you're right when you when people are always saying like oh just wait just wait just it's like well, what are you waiting for what what are you charging ahead for right, right why don't you just enjoy what god has given you and by enjoying what god has given you he gives you more he gives you more joy and more i don't know i don't know how to explain it any more than that it's just that theory <laughs> or not the theory that that um uh, that's i don't know life skill whatever you want to call it that ability to just enjoy where god has you and I, i'm terrible at this um <laughs> like all growing up, all I ever want to do, okay, all I ever want to do is this, all I ever want to do is this, all I ever want to do is this. And by doing that, I totally missed a lot of the gold that God had for me in that time of my life. I made mistakes of not being there and building close, close relationships with my family because I was always trying to push to the next thing. I, I, I neglected mm-hmm. where, you know, what was actually important in that time for something that was so far out that didn't really matter. And uh, like all I ever wanted to do is be a cop. Like since I was nine, it's all I ever wanted to do. So 
all growing up, that was all my focus was, especially once I started work and I was working in environments around cops all the time. And it was a great goal. I, I, I'm still, you know, you know, I'm still going towards that. And, uh, but it took me a while to get to the point where I was like, okay, I'm just going to stop and enjoy life where God has me. And that will happen in time. Right now is not the season for that. That will happen in due time, in due season. So I'm going to stop charging ahead, missing what God has for me here. You know, oh, well, if it's going to be, it'll be. And then I got, now I got to force it. No, if I just stop, enjoy where God has me. You know, keep that thing. I, w- I want to do another episode sometime talking about goals and dreams and stuff like that. And because God and 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 where I was, you know, or, or sorry, where I am, just enjoy that. Um, and, and by doing that, by stopping and enjoying life where I was, it actually allowed me to get more done quicker than when I was like, oh, oh, what's the next step? What's the next step? What's the next step? I've actually gotten more done by just saying, you know, God has me here. I'm just going to enjoy and soak up and invest in those where I am as much as possible. And it's actually been way more awesome and fulfilling in life. Right. Yeah. Two things on that. One, I think if you live the other way, then a lot of times if you do happen to achieve whatever it is you're pushing for and you can't wait until then, if you're not careful a lot of time, life becomes empty because you're like, okay, I'm here. Now what? You know, it it doesn't have just all the satisfaction. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then secondly, I remember something very similar. I think we were talking probably when I was a senior in college, maybe a junior, I don't remember, but you were, you took it a step further then. And you were like, enjoy even like the bad things because the trials that you're facing are like specific to this time in your life. Right. I don't know if you had just had your, um, kid or whatever, but something, I think it was, you had to wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, I love it, man. Because I know in a few years, I'm not going to have to do that anymore. And like, this is very specific to this time. So just enjoy it all. I was like, wow, that's, you know, you only live this life once. So enjoy each phase of it. Right. And it's not so much even enjoy the trials, but just realize that, you know, God has me here. He's allowing this to happen. He has a plan. He has something to teach me. And yeah, the, the, you know, a lot of times they do suck, but it, it is what it is, you know, <laughs> just power through like, okay. When I got pepper sprayed, um, you know, it, it sucks. It's terrible. It, I would rather get tased 10 times than sprayed once. And really? it's huh. not fun, but the reason you do it is so that way, you know what it feels like, you know how to push through. You can mentally tell yourself that you can push through and you can, you're going to survive. It doesn't actually cause any lasting damage, all that. And, and that's the reason why you, you do it for, you endure the pain to learn. And, um, like when I got sprayed, I kept saying, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I was literally telling myself in my mind, shut up, you wimp, you can do it, but your brain <laughs> overrides and, and tells you, you can't. Mm-hmm. And so you have to mentally push through and all that, that, that stinks. It's not fun. However, there's, there's something to be told, excuse me. There's something to be learned there. There's something to be gained. And, you know, that's a horrible thing. Well, then you put it in just life. A lot of times the things that are so bad and horrible to us that, oh, man, this is a horrible trial. We like to use the word, oh, this is a trial. And, and you know, and, and that's biblical, too, because God talks about how, you know, life's trials will come. But, right. I mean, I, you think about it a lot. Our modern-day trials are nothing like, the trials of people in days gone by 
um, getting cut in half and getting persecuted and boiled in oil. And then you could go to World War II and all the horrible trials that were there for the Jews in in, in uh, Germany and Poland and the places like that. And a lot of times we like to say how, we, oh, man, we have trials. And yeah, it's not to diminish that we don't have hurts and stuff going on. But a lot of those trials are there to make us better. You know, you, uh, what's what's the, uh, I think it's metal. When you work with metal, um, yeah. the more you work with it, the stronger it gets, I think, right? Isn't that true? Yeah, yeah. the so. more times you bend it and beat right, it. Right, yeah. and, and fold it over upon itself. Right. You make all the layers, and then when you temper it, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And that's the whole point of, I think, what you know is biblical. You know, As we have trials, God builds us. And so it's important just to, and yeah, like I said, you're not always going to enjoy the trials, but it's it's important to at least soak up all that you can and learn from the trial. I think that's the important, and I think that's what my grandpa was trying to tell me was enjoy where you are, learn from where you are, learn from your mistakes and your successes, and just enjoy life because you only live once and God has given us a very specific task to do here on earth. And, you know, when you really think about it, a hundred years ain't that long. And, and that ain't even that average, that isn't even the average lifespan. So, right. you know, average lifespan is 75 years. I think I'm already a third of the way through that. So, and it, it's really sobering to think like, have I done, I, I know I've failed. I know I haven't done um, everything that God has had for me up to date. But I will, you know, I, I want to do all that I can moving forward, and I want to enjoy the journey that God has me on, um, and help others enjoy that as well. Because obviously, the, that joy of, you know, salvation isn't in everybody. So I want to impart that joy on others, and uh, both, you know, believers and unbelievers. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I agree, man. I agree. I think. Um... What you had said, I misquoted you and not enjoy the trials, but it was like the little annoyances that we might tend to yeah, get yeah. frustrated at. Yeah. But anyways, no, I, I know what should I mean. go ahead with what my best piece of yeah. advice? Yeah, hit it I, and we'll go into it. We were brainstorming it. before and I think you asked me twice and I told you two different ones. Now I've come up with a third one while hey, you were talking. Hey, any of them are good. They're all good. <laughs> um, I think I had a pastor tell me one time, I think he said it behind the pulpit once and then I was interning with him actually. And so then... Uh, just talking with him over lunch, but he said, trust God with your reputation. And I, I just never thought of that before in the way he said it. A lot of times we can trust God for events like, okay, God knew this was going to happen, but he said, God knows how people think about you. And if he wanted them to think about you different, you know, he could easily do that. And again, this goes back to just let it be, you know, we're not talking about being passive and just not interacting with people because you don't want to change their perception, whatever you can play a whole mind game there, but, but just understanding, okay, it's not my job to set everybody straight. And, you know, I just went through a time where there were some lies told about me, told to me and just a lot of haziness and fogginess. And people were kind of out. A few people were out to get me, you know, I'm sure you've been there too, but yeah, I still have a, not, I not being worried about it. About that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Anyway, just not being concerned about it or worried about it, fretting about it, or even trying to figure out and change it all. Just doing what's right and saying, you know what, I'm putting my reputation in God's hands. And then that just takes a lot of stress out of life and say, okay, you know, yeah. I'm not worried if somebody likes me. I'm worried if I like them. Right. You no, know, but just, just trusting God in that area. Yeah, no, it's really good. 
because so me and my boss, I work really, really closely with my boss. And a lot of times, you know, in business, people, other competitors like to say things about people and stuff like that. And, you know, we, we've had a lot of times where we've had to work through, you know, different things being said about our company or about whatever. And, and me and my boss talk about it. Like, you know, we don't want to be so focused on our reputation. That's all that we care about is oh, what's, what's Yankee communications reputation with people, blah, blah, blah. However, reputation in business, if you have a bad reputation, you're not going to succeed. And so it's mm-hmm. important in business when something comes up that is negative, that it is addressed. It's addressed. You have to address it appropriately. Yeah. But like we've had to address a lot of things and take care of that to protect our reputation. We go out of our way, um, sometimes even to the financial hurt of our company to take care of customers because that's what's important. And that's what you do to protect your reputation as a company to build a strong reputation of trust and all that. And the same is in our personal lives. It's like, I don't want to always be concerned. Oh man, what, what does so-and-so think about me? And uh, what is, what, Oh man, they're over there talking and they just look my way. Uh, are they talking about me? And like, you can't live like that. Like that's, it doesn't work. It, it It's only going to trap you in a mindset of victimhood and, you know, oh man, woe is me and all those different things. Or, or you flip it the other way and you get people that are so obsessed with who they are that they're, you know, they're all that. You want something done. You talk to them because they know everything about everything. You want to know how to be the best, blah, blah, blah. You come up and you talk to me. Uh, you want to know how to be the best in this and that? Uh, you come see me. I know everything about that. <laughs> so you, you have both. You have both sides. And I think you look at, uh, you know, David and Paul in the Bible, and, and they just didn't care. You know, they they knew that they were doing what they were supposed to be doing to the best of their ability, and they just boom plowed ahead. Um, and I think that's important. I think there are times where you do go to bat for. You know, I, I think that there are times when you, you should go to bat for maybe yourself or for other people, but it has to be done sure. appropriately because if it's not done appropriately, it's just, you know, you're just spitting in the wind. It ain't, it isn't going to do it. If anything, all it's going to do is more damage to your reputation, even if you're right. <laughs> right. Um, I, I think it works, especially to that bit of advice when you're dealing with malicious people who are purposely trying to tear down your reputation and, okay, there is an element there where depending on the circumstance, you definitely need to stand up and say something, not just let it go. But there's that other side where, okay, I don't need to play the same game as them. Like I work with a guy who's all about trying to be seen by the boss and every chance, if somebody else messes up, he makes sure to point them out and kind of make a big deal out of it. And it gets really frustrating, but I neither. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I neither need to play the same game as him because it's really tempting when he messes up to be like, oh, look who messed up now. Like, don't play the same game as him, but also don't get super like, oh, no, he made a big deal. Like, now I look dumb. Like, don't right. worry about it, right? Man. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Um, I think I had something I was going to say, and now I don't remember what it was. It was an example of it. Um, yeah, anyway, I guess it wasn't important. But yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, there are times where you just you just let it ride. Oh, it was, uh, I, I love Donald Trump. I've talked about him a lot on podcasts, but I think where he makes a mistake sometimes is he 
anytime there's an accusation made against him, he, he, he has to fight back. He has to say something <clears throat> back. And to me, a lot of times, and, and also that's, it's, it's like one of his biggest strengths and one of his biggest weaknesses. Right. And I think the reason why is because he doesn't discern when there's times where it's just better to shut up and not say anything because the people <laughs> that he's arguing with, all it's doing, they're going to take it and they're just going to twist it and make it worse. And uh, I think he's a really good example of that. There's times where you walk away and then there's times when you fight and you have to be discerning. There's balance in everything and there's times when you have to be discerning. Am I just answering a fool according to his folly or am I answering a fool according to his folly? Like that's always like there's a two verses right. in, uh, in Proverbs. Proverbs. One says do yeah, yeah. and one says don't. And I think the whole point is you have to be discerning about who it is. I know a guy all the time. I have to be discerning about how I approach a situation because if I'm not discerning, I'm going to say something stupid and it's not going to help anything. It's not going to help the situation. It's not going to help my, you know, my uh, reputation and it's not going to help his reputation. It's not edifying to either of us. Right. So I think it's discern discerning is, is the key there. But mm-hmm. Cool. Well, there, there's that the best and worst. Um, maybe not the best and the worst, but some of the best and worst, right? Um, (laughs) I wanted to end with something here and maybe we'll, maybe we'll do this at the end of each one of our round tables. Um, I, I I can't stand it. And I say, I can't stand that. I I shouldn't ever say that on my podcast because I do a lot of these things, but at the same time, they are like one of those things like, why, why do we do these things? And even I fall prey to them. Um, and one thing that annoys me sometimes is the annoying colloquialisms, quotes, whatever you want to call them, like cliches. Mm-hmm. Um, and one that I had thought of like so annoying, um, there's a couple of them, uh, is when people are like, well, oh man, I didn't write this one down. Oh yeah, right there. Um, there's no such thing as a bad question. We had just talked about it earlier. It's like, yes, there is. I'm sorry. Yes, there is. There are such things as bad questions. Um, what do you what do you think about that? Yeah, I think okay. So the the truth, I think, where that statement comes from is sometimes we're afraid to ask a question because we think it's a dumb question, yep. and it might be a question that everybody needs to ask, and yep. they're all afraid too. That's something Jordan Peterson talks about. It's like, listen, you ask a thousand dumb questions, you won't be dumb anymore. Hopefully, you know. <laughs> so if yeah. you're if if it seems like you should already know it, but you don't, just ask the question like in that sense. But in another sense, yeah, there's a lot of questions that don't need to be asked. Exactly. And, and that's where that's where I was gonna get to. Yep. Right. So yeah, and that's that's exactly it. Like I understand why people say that and why people are always like, Oh man, there's no no somebody will be like, Well, I just didn't want to ask you the question. And a lot of times you'll say it's like did you actually did you actually think that as a question? I think you're just blowing smoke and now you're trying trying to cover your butt and acting like, oh well, I didn't want to annoy you and ask the question. No, there are times where you should ask a question. And uh I I can't stand it when people ask dumb questions. It's like uh sometimes Nicole well <laughs> and I shouldn't do this because Nicole's awesome. She um she takes good care of me and all that, but uh, she'll ask a question and I'll and I'll give her like a super snarky answer, and uh, then she'll get like all flushed. And I was like, "Well, ask a stupid question, get a stupid answer." 
<laughs> oh no <laughs> and we tease each other about it but i don't mean it i'm sure that sounds like i'm being mean to nicole don't worry nicole can handle herself it's all in jest and jokes so all you people out there that are now going to get wound up and concerned about nicole relax okay she can handle herself brendan uh brendan it's funny i brendan and her actually have like a really cool relationship i love me we love doing stuff with brendan because um brendan can tease nicole like how he would tease like one of us other brothers and uh she can take it and like gives it right back to him and yeah, uh, yeah. he's like yeah I, I, it's it's they have like a cool relationship and it's so much so much fun doing stuff with him and uh he he speaks very highly of her ability to uh cope with philbricks and that's just to put up <laughs> that she has to put up with me <laughs> so she uh she can definitely handle her own um man now i totally lost my train of thought where was i going with that oh Oh yeah, stupid question. So there are definitely times where it's like the guys at work always come to me and they start their sentence with question. And I always say back, answer. I do the same thing. (laughs) I hate that. It's like I I tease um one kid I work with, Sean. He uh he does it all the time and he does it just to annoy me because I told him how it annoys me. And so he does it just to annoy me. He'll walk and be like, Hey, question. And I'm like, answer. And, uh, but it's just like, I thought just, I was the only just, one that does just that. That's ask awesome. your question. If you got a question, right, come up right. and say, Hey, Sai, what do you think about blah, 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 blah? You don't come up. Question. What do you think? No, just ask the question. If you ask the question, <laughs> then I'm going to answer the question. But you coming up and saying question already makes me want to not answer your question. But uh, I tease, I tease the guys about it all the time. But, okay, here's one other genre of dumb questions. It's when you, want to get on the like okay somebody's giving instructions and you want to get on their good side so i think uh, you see students do this to give, be a teacher's pet or that there's guys at work who they literally go up and they repeat word for word what the teacher just said so like okay so find the subject find the verb underline the subject once and the verb twice whatever you did this in kindergarten but say we had to do this in college and you'd always have that one kid who raised his hand yes yeah, so and so and he'd be like so just to be just to clarify you want us to underline the subject once and the verb twice yeah, and they're yeah. like yes very good Good, exactly. I'm like, why does that work? That would annoy me as a teacher, but some teachers love it, some workers know. love it. And it's like it's, the it's uh, dumb question. It's like the Nellie Olsons of the world. You're I saying, don't know who that is. You've never seen Little House on the Prairie? Oh, oh wait, was she the the young blonde one who's a yeah, jerk, the yeah. shop owner's kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah she's okay. always the teacher's pet, or trying to be the teacher's pet. It's like the the Willie Nelsons of the world that are always trying to get the in, um, yeah, asking yeah, yeah. the the dumb questions to kiss up. Oh right. man, kiss ups! I can't say kiss ups. Um, <laughs> oh, another. I actually talked about this one on a couple episodes ago. The phrase "pull yourself up by your own bootstraps." It's like when you actually stop and think about it. It's like trying to make yourself stand up by pulling on your shoelaces. How does that work? <laughs> like, where where do quotes like that come from? Trying to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Like, I understand again what they're saying. Now you're yeah. trying to pull yourself up by your own power when you're stuck or whatever. But it's like, oh, I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps. Like, well, how exactly did you do that? Can you show me? Now I want to see it. Just to nerd out for a second, if you had like a pull-up bar and you had really long bootstraps and you could use it like a pulley, go over that and then pull. Yeah. But but you're still going the opposite. Then you're go, your feet are going up. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You know what I'm saying? But you're, you're pulling yourself it's up opposite. then. It's opposite. It, it, <laughs> uh, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. It's <laughs> another one. Um don't I cry. like the spinoff. When life, when life gives you lemons, give them back. Or when life gives you melons, you might be dyslexic. 
Uh, don't cry over spilled milk. It's like <laughs> hindsight's twenty twenty. I say I say that one all the time, so I'm guilty of that one. Hi, well, hindsight's twenty twenty, and like it's true, but at the same time, it's like you're you're almost just stroking your own ego. Well, man, you know hindsight's twenty twenty. I can see that I made that mistake now. Duh, I'm an idiot. Um, it is what it is. There's another one. Ooh. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, but it doesn't have to be, man. If you do something, no, about exactly. It. You know, it is what it is. Um, oh, there's another one I just thought of, and out went out the window. A little Tweety Bird out the year. Um, <laughs> oh, you know what? Well, you know what they say. You know what? Who says? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> like who? Tell me who said it, and then I'll then I'll weigh it and see what's uh, what's what. It's like on uh, Adventures in Odyssey, the one episode. Uh, the girl, it's like when Connie first meets Pennywise in the Green Ring Conspiracy. And okay. she's like, I'm Pennywise. And she goes, wait, like, wait, uh, Pennywise, pound foolish. And, and uh, Penny comes back with, yeah. And Connie Kendall goes with the expression, Connie Kendall kicked the copper kettle carelessly. <laughs> and Connie goes, wait, that's actually an expression? It's like, no, I just made it up. It's like, it's like we do that all the time. It's like we just make up a quote. Well, you know what they say. And then spit something out to make it sound important. It's like, well, who actually said it? Was it somebody like Benjamin Franklin or Abe Lincoln, or was it, uh, was it just you and you just stamp? They say to make it sound more important. Uh, I just think it's funny. <laughs> I mean, it's not yeah. like not that like people are like wrong in what they said. It's just, uh, it's just funny that we do like a lot of English. Um, a lot of our English language colloquialisms are very uh, meaningless and thoughtless and actually very unoriginal and not creative at all. And uh, I, I've actually tried to do better with that. Like I, I tend like to say just like you know things that are whatever. Um, yeah. Trend, trend, do you feel like we're... trend or whatever? I try to be more original, thoughtful, my own thoughts when I say stuff because I want it to actually be genuine. Yeah. Do you think when we use those, we're farming out, farming out our ability to think and just using things that are tried and tested? Or oh, well, there's another one. Um, or do you think that? we're doing it because everybody kind of understands the impact that that phrase has. And so it kind of contains yeah. a lot of information. Yeah. I, I think it's both. I think a lot of okay. it is just, I, I think that it can be both. Like, I, I don't, I don't think that it's inappropriate to use, you know, things like that. I think they have their place, but I, I think a lot of people, especially nowadays, and I don't even know like what all the trendy speak is nowadays. Like people say something like, why don't you speak English? What in the world are you talking about? Um, we speak in emojis and what's the uh, like abbreviations like NGL, LOL. And I use LOL and everything, so yeah, I can't I really talk. Um, but uh, never mind. What's the one for never mind? NVR. NVN. NVN. Um, like all the different ones. Like we, like we're coming decreasingly lazy in our speech. <laughs> uh, right. I'll give a little shout out to... Uh, I think it's Charlie Stratton here. Hunter always can tell when somebody answers one of his questions um, because Charlie uses a lot of words. And I think he just says Stratton's in general. So right on Stratton's way to go. Um, showing us all up on our lazy speak. I appreciate it. You guys are the, you guys got it. Um, it's like, and I think that's one reason why reading is important because you actually broaden your grammar by reading. Um, especially when you read like the classics and stuff, you learn new, like I remember reading books growing up, a lot of Dickens stuff. And I would literally have a, um, 
dictionary right there because I'd read words. I had no idea what they were. And so I'd learn new words. And uh, I think we have just become very lazy in our speech. And I think that's where a lot of colloquialisms come from. But then at the same time, like you said, they do have an impact in our um, thinking because they're familiar, familiar in society. So I think that they have their place, but I think when we rely a lot on just trendiness in our speak, and I'm not, I don't want to use the word trendy as in like it's it's what's up now because like lit and yeet and all these words now are like, what in the world are we talking about? <laughs> Riz. Um, you know what I mean? Mm. I think, I don't know, maybe that wasn't very clear, but that's kind of what no, I know my what thoughts you're on it. So, well, I guess if you know what I'm saying, then other people understand what I'm saying, right? You're my, you're my filter. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, any closing thoughts before we wrap up uh, this episode of the junk drawer? No, man. You know, as they say, that's about it. <laughs> there we go. Oh, I remembered my other my uh my runner up for best advice ever getting given, and I'll end it with here. Thank you for listening to the junk drawer podcast. And as Rob O'Neill says, take the shot. Mm-hmm.